If you're enjoying this episode, check out Fearless Fridays with Marianne, the podcast to help you transform past pain into present power so that you can heal your inner child and reshape your future. I am your host, Marianne Rivera-Dannert in Rochester, New York. My mission is to see women worldwide live a free, fearless, and fabulous life. Subscribe to Fearless Fridays with Marianne on the JazzCast Pros Network, available right here on your favorite podcast player. And remember, you are a priority and you matter. This episode of Front Seat Life is about mental illness and suicide awareness. It may contain triggers for you. JazzCast Pros. September is Suicide Awareness Month, and as many of you know, I do have lived experience with suicide. And maybe hearing my story will help you understand that people that die by suicide are just people, just human beings at their darkest point, at their lowest point. And so it may not be easy to have conversations with someone that you care about, about whether or not they want to die. Suicide is complicated, but here's the thing, it's often preventable. And asking someone, do they want to die, can save their life. And so I wanted to just take some time to share some of the warning signs of suicide. Um, But I wanted to go through what some general mental health conditions are. You know, if we could get rid of the stigma, it helps us to better understand and better help those that are in need. Welcome to Living the Front Seat Life. I'm your host, Kelly Marie, and I invite you to take this journey with me. We're going to be talking about all things mental health and emotional well-being. You see, I am a overcomer. If you are interested in figuring out the path for you to determine how and where you will drive your future, this is the place to be. We get to determine the ride. We may not get to determine the weather or who's on the road with us or if it's going to be a scenic route or not, but we are the drivers. So join me on this ride living the front seat life. It's me, Kelly Marie, and I'm here another week, another Monday, another time to share with you guys. And I am so excited as always to be here with you. Fact of the matter is today's not promised. And so to share today with you means a lot to me. And so I thought it would be time well spent to Talk about ways in which you can raise your awareness, ways in which you can help someone in need. And so I wanted to just take some time to share some of the warning signs of suicide. Um, But I wanted to kind of go through what some general mental health conditions are in those groups. But at the same time, when it comes to suicide and suicide awareness, you don't have to have a pre-existing mental health condition in order to be suicidal or to die by suicide. And so this September, I actually celebrated my eighth year of recovery and recovery for me is mental health recovery. It is eight years of actively living a life of mental health, working all of the tools, working therapy, working medication, working everything that I need to in order to be mentally 
healthy. Now, I have a diagnosis called borderline personality disorder, and it is a personality-based illness. I also struggle with major depression and generalized anxiety, but those are sub disorders, I would say, to borderline personality disorder. And unlike some other disorders, borderline personality disorder or BPD, as well as other personality disorders, are something that's always with a person. And I thought it would be um, time well spent to to just go through what those types are, um, just to, to give you a point of reference. Now, again, remember, I am not a therapist. My specialty is mental health coaching and mindfulness coaching, as well as being a peer and advocate in mental health. So the information I'm giving you is readily available on sites that are are reputable. So I encourage you to do a little more research. Knowledge is always, always, always a great thing to have. And uh, just as long as it's not an illness for you to continue to take in too much information, it is a a good thing to be well-informed. And so the first type of mental health disorder is anxiety disorder. So this is a group. These are all groups. That's probably the best way. So we're going to talk about um, seven or so groups of mental health disorders and anxiety disorder is the first one. So, um, you know, when we, we talk about mental illness and mental health disorders, it's important to know that these are debilitating. Um, it's not like, oh, I don't, I don't like dirt, but it is, um, they are debilitating and you're, uh, as a person who has to deal with it, you're unable to control the anxiety or issue and it gets in the way of your normal day-to-day living. So anxiety disorders have subcategories. They're phobias, social anxiety disorders, generalized anxiety disorder, that's where I fall, and panic disorders. So even within these categories, you'll find that there are subcategories. And, you know, when it comes to actual diagnoses, there are hundreds of mental health diagnoses. The second one is behavioral disorders. That's really like a a catch-all term. And so things like ADHD, uh, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, that would fall under a behavioral disorder. The next one is mood disorders. Mood disorders are major depression. Um, Bipolar disorder is a mood disorder. Bipolar disorder and major depression are probably the two most familiar to the general public, right? And so when we talk about recovery and being in relapse when it comes to mental health disorders and illnesses, you know, some are easier and I use that word gingerly, to recover from because they have set periods. They have set beginning and end points. Depressive episode is just that, an episode. It has a start and an end. Um, The same thing with bipolar disorder. Now, most folks know with bipolar uh, disorder that used to be called manic depression. Again, these are disorders. These are not someone having a bad day and the next day they, you know, are able to gain a different perspective. These are debilitating conditions which require medical intervention. 
So the fourth one is psychotic disorders. Schizophrenia would fall under um, psychotic disorders. And people typically hear auditory or visual hallucinations. There are eating disorders. Many folks have heard of bulimia or anorexia, but there are more than just those two disorders within that category. Impulse control and addiction disorders. So that would be like kleptomania, um, impulse control, you know, gambling. Um, you know, we are just getting to the point where we understand that addiction is a mental health disorder and folks are so judgmental. But now that we have a greater understanding really of what they are, it helps us to better, better relate, better understand and better help those that are in need. I'll save my group for last, but the last one is developmental and cognitive disorders. Again, the words we use are so important and that does not include um, learning disabilities because a learning disability um, doesn't meet the criteria for a, a mental health disorder because they don't, they don't really impact a person's mood, but are more cognitive related issues. So that's why you won't find them under developmental and cognitive disorder. If you've been thinking about starting a podcast and you want to include interviews with people across town, Riverside.fm offers unbelievable high quality recordings, regardless of your or your guest internet quality. And it also gives you separate audio and video tracks for each person speaking. And unlike Zoom, you don't have to install anything on your computer and your guests don't either. Head over to Riverside.fm and use promo code JazzyCast to get 60 free minutes of recording and 15% off a membership plan. Now, I saved the best for last, I suppose. And that's only because it's the one that directly relates to me the most. And that's personality disorders. So personality disorders are um, disorders of, of the personality uh, your behavior, your how you think, um, your thought processes are different from like what society thinks is normal. They impair your everyday life. You can cause distress or they can cause distress to us because we, we aren't able to function in the way that society deems is normal or natural. And so borderline personality disorder is a personality disorder. So is antisocial personality disorder, paranoid personality disorder, because it is about your personality, because that is where the disorder, because that's what it affects, remission for us and recovery for us looks different. It is more being able to manage your thought processes and manage your personality and outward presentation so that it falls more in alignment with what society thinks is acceptable, regardless of what's actually going on on the inside. That's the best way I can describe it. And again, everyone is different. So if um, you have two people with major depression, their depressions are going to look different. There's going to be similarities because it's the same condition. But because people are different, because we respond differently, a mental health disorder is going to look different. And so there are times where people with mental health disorders will judge another individual with a disorder because they don't function the way that they do. You know, and it's so important when we're talking about allowing people to be, to do just that, to allow people to function as best they can within the disorder that they may be working with or living with. And so for me, 
you know, I have this overarching BPD with depression and generalized anxiety disorder. They have all reared their selves <laughs> at the same time. And those have been probably the worst times of my life when I am dealing with all of those things. I lived actually with uh, several disorders until we got to borderline personality disorder. And there's many reasons for that. One is not having a consistent medical team. And so not having that consistent team to be able to work with me over a period of time and to see how it actually, it being the illness actually manifests itself. The medical professionals were unable to provide an accurate diagnosis. And so I lived with the diagnosis of bipolar disorder, which kind of fit. It fit for me as somebody that doesn't diagnose people. But um, as my current team got to treat me and got to evaluate me and we were able to work together, they were able to see that borderline personality disorder was the actual diagnosis and not bipolar disorder. And that does happen sometimes. You know, people will have to have a diagnosis change. No one knows what's actually happening in your brain, but you, like you're the only one in there. You know, sometimes in an effort to protect ourselves or protect people that we care about, we may not share everything that is affecting us or everything that is an issue. We may not share how we really think about certain things because we, you know, may feel like we'll be judged for having those thoughts and those opinions. But as real as that is, at the same time, that doesn't allow the medical professionals to really hear and see everything that we're going through to be able to make a proper diagnosis. You know, if we could get rid of the stigma behind mental health and mental health disorders, mental illnesses, it would allow us to be better able to have these kind of conversations, to be able to talk about the stories and memories that we have, to be able to talk about how an illness is manifesting itself in our lives. But again, I mean, it is what it is, guys. Like we have to do the work in order to, and that's we, the collective, we have to do the work in order to decrease and eliminate stigma. We, including the medical industry, has to work to eliminate the stigma associated with mental health challenges. I know from the research that I did about myself that my disorder is considered one of the, the worst disorders to treat because it's a very difficult um, thing to work with. I can't help that. So no one should be denied service or no one should feel that they are untreatable when everyone has the right to live a mentally healthy life the way that they define that. And so I wanted to just take some time to share some of the warning signs of suicide. Um, but I wanted to, to kind of go through what some general mental health conditions are in those groups. But at the same time, when it comes to suicide and suicide awareness, you don't have to have a pre-existing mental health condition in order to be suicidal or to die by suicide. So I want to give you some information. It doesn't come from me. It comes from the National Institute of Mental Health here in the U.S. It's a governmental agency. And I wanted to share with you so that you are aware and have some information and are able to help someone. First of all, 
I want to give you the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. I give you that number every show. It's 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-TALK. You can also text the Crisis Helpline. You can text HELLO to 741-741. That is the Crisis Text Line. Save that number for yourself. Save that number for a friend. You can also text HELP to that number. Both are staffed with 24-hour a day, seven days a week crisis counselors. But what you may notice when someone um, is thinking about suicide is, you know, they may start talking about wanting to die or feeling regretful and and shameful or being a burden to others, Uh, expressing feelings of hopelessness and feeling trapped, feeling as though that they have no reason to live. There's some other signs feeling wise, like extreme sadness and anxiety that you may not see, but they may also have unbearable emotional or physical pain. Again, you you may not see that, but that is something that someone on the inside will be going through. You may notice behaviors like making a plan or researching ways to die, people withdrawing from friends, saying goodbye, giving away important things, or conversely, spending more time with friends, you know, taking risks like driving super fast, um, you know, reckless behavior, seemingly, maybe extreme mood swings or something totally opposite of who they are and who you know them to be. Also eating and or sleeping more or less. But the thing is, it's really anything that you see that is outside of that person's normal behavior. So if someone generally sleeps a lot, but now they have no need to sleep, they're up all the time, right? That could be a warning sign. If someone, again, is generally withdrawn from friends, like I love people, but I don't like people at the same time. Like you won't find me with my friends every day. That's just not going to happen. Even once a week, like they know that I love them and, and I know that they love me, right? But they know that I'm not the one that's coming to the Tupperware parties and, you know, having folks over to my house. Like that's just not who I am. So a warning sign may be that I am spending lots of time with my friends or that I'm having them over a lot. Things like that, because that, that's opposite of who my friends know me to be. And so it may not be easy to have conversations with someone that you care about, about whether or not they want to die. Suicide is complicated. It's not an easy conversation. But here's the thing, it's often preventable. And asking someone, do they want to die, can save their life. I would rather someone be upset with me or disappointed that I would dare ask them that question than to not ask and knowing that they needed help, knowing that, you know, they needed someone to ask the question that I was ashamed or afraid to ask. So one of the things, um, I took a class called Mental Health First Aid, and it is available throughout the U.S. and many other countries. If you take that class, one of the things that you get to do is to actually say the words if you're comfortable. You get to say, do you want to kill yourself? Because so many people are afraid to say the words. They can't ask the question. But sometimes the question is what's needed. So I want to encourage you to look into resources and things that you can do like 
taking mental health first aid as a class to learn more about mental health, to learn more about suicide and suicide awareness. And that class in particular helps you respond in a crisis. We don't know when it's going to come. We don't know what it's going to look like, but we know that we can be prepared. So again, that's mental health first aid. This being Suicide Awareness Month, I want to be sure that I'm giving you the number for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline again, and that's 1-800-273-8255. The crisis text line, you can text HELP to 741-741. Until the next time, I encourage you to be the light. You never know when someone needs it. You never know when someone is experiencing their darkest moments, but just by you being you, you may be able to to bring some kindness, to bring some hope to what is seemingly a hopeless situation. So until the next time, folks, I encourage you to be the light.